Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Eugenia Ogonova, a business strategist in marketing, energetics coach with two decades of experience. She's also a clairvoyant transition mentor, renowned internationally and a self-made millionaire. Eugenia has been featured on Fox, NBC, CBS, US Today, Brains and in over 100 other publications. She's the best-selling author of three books, Mission Alpha, Awakening the Harmony Within and Secrets of Sekhmet. Her fourth book is forthcoming. Hi, Eugenia. Welcome to Women to Women podcast. So excited to have you here with us today. Hi, Divya. I'm so glad that um, I'm here to talk about uh, more of individuality in each woman and how we can show up in the world. You bring something very different to the table. So I'm super excited about this conversation. For our audience, if you can just state what you do today. I am a business strategist and marketing energetics coach. What that means is that I help women entrepreneurs, especially specifically coaches and healers and mentors, people who do something from their heart and bring that into the world to save years of pressure and forcing themselves into strategies that don't fit them, like cookie cutter stuff, and instead actually do things that are aligned to who they are, which is what I call soul design. Clearly, this is not something um, you thought of when you were in high school. What were your plans? What were your dreams in high school? And how did you get to this point here? I didn't really go to high school. I was homeschooled and I have always been sort of the rebel that did my own thing. So I uh, sort of a nocturnal person. I don't get up early and um, I go to bed very late and that's a natural style for me. And because of it, my whole life has been slightly adjusted because I couldn't get up early enough to go to school. So I studied at home. Um, I graduated two years early um, than majority of people. And then I went to college and graduated that early as well because it was on a boring side for me. Um, education in a traditional sense was just boring and I couldn't figure out how that applies to anything I wanted to do. And when we kind of look as to, you know, childhood dreams or something like that, my dream has always been to change the world, to uplift the consciousness, to help people wake up and see reality in the sense that's actually what it is for what it is instead of whatever our projections, beliefs, and misconceptions are. I was born clairvoyant. What that means is I see timelines, possibilities, I see energy, I see unusual things that majority of people kind of sometimes even afraid to talk about. So from that standpoint, I was always so different that I never really fit in. So when I did try to go to school, because I mean, there was few times when I was actually attending classes and attending school and I was bullied. I was sort of um, the person that was too weird to be around. But at the same time, people always wanted to ask me questions, always wanted to find out some things that I knew, um, always wanted to understand a little bit more about themselves and they knew that I could help. So that started even in high school, like it started with kids that were just interested. By the time I was 14 years old, I already had practice with people coming to me. It's, it was a paid business. So I was, I essentially started to be an entrepreneur. I never knew how to be anything else. And I never was anything else. I have never had a job. I have always just followed my own drum, my own vision. And I believe that if we are able to find that inner unique something that wants to speak through you and help the world somehow, because we're all here to serve one way or another. It's not selfish. It's about how do we help community? We've, if we can figure that out, the earlier you do so, the better, because that's how your life then becomes self-navigated. And I've done that myself my whole life. So this is what I now teach other people. So what was your first venture as an entrepreneur? 
Um, I was working with people, helping them understand their life purpose and clean up ancestral or generational or uh, societal influences that are stopping them from something that they want. So that could be anything in their business or in their career that was in a way. And I would give advice on that. I would share what I see. And um, sometimes it created health concerns, like a lot of stress, or sometimes some illness would happen because of something that they um, couldn't quite figure out how to do and they were putting so much pressure on themselves. So that's where it started. And then over time, it evolved into becoming a business coach and marketing coach because I realized that a lot of my clients were thanking me for stuff like, oh, like you helped me figure out this different ways to say this and now it's selling better. Or, oh, now I uh, have much better boundaries in a sales conversation. Oh, because of this thing you said, now I understand how to position my product on the market. And I was like, oh, I'm doing market positioning, messaging. Like I didn't even know those terms. So I had to then go and learn the, the business stuff. So business school and all these other pieces in order to kind of put the puzzle together with more clear words and terms. But I always innately knew that because I could sense how we stop ourselves from doing something that we want. So yeah, it evolved into becoming more of a business coach and messaging, like as how you say, which words you use that are tantalizing and that elicit the response you desire so that you don't have to push your way through anything, but instead you are attracting to you the type of circumstances and events and opportunities that you want. So along the way, were there people that really shaped you? Probably my family the most. Uh, my grandfather was a scientist in Soviet Union, nuclear scientist, so really high up there and very incredible person. So he taught me a lot of sort of a work ethic, you know, like when you do something, you do it all the way and that you do research um, and experiment. So I have a pretty high risk tolerance because of that, I think, because I just don't look at anything as this is one chance and I got to get it right. It's like, no, th there's many chances. Universe is filled with chances. You just experiment. You go, you do, you apply, you see how it works and you modify, you apply again and again. That's why I'm successful because I just don't give up. <laughs> so that's from that. And my grandmother, she was just absolutely the most loving human being in the world. And I remember literally, I think I was like seven and I saw it was one of the in the Soviet Union, a launch of a rocket into space and some cosmonaut at the time went to space. And I was looking at it and I said, wow, I wish I could do that. And she looked at me and she said, well, you can. If you study, if you choose to make that your you know, focus, you, you can. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I can do anything. This is like, it's possible. So this is actually what I teach my clients now is that if you can envision something, it can be yours. You just need to be willing to do the work that it takes to get there. <laughs> so I would say those two people, my grandparents would be like the strongest influences. Once you got more into the career part of it, right? Did you have any mentors or role models that really defined your kind of showed you how it should be done or what should be expected? Or did you have to do it all on your own? I did it pretty much on my own, mostly, because this is just my path. I don't necessarily advise to do it on your own. I think it's very good to have mentors and support. But in my life, it just kind of ended up being this way. Um, I immigrated to United States when I was 16 years old and just kind of started my life here. I... I find that a lot of mentors that come into our lives, they don't have to be sort of on a pedestal like, oh, this is my mentor. I kind of look at it that a lot of experiences that we have are actually there to teach us. And it's up to us to keep our eyes open to 
oh, this was a valuable little thing here that I just learned, or maybe a very big thing. So a lot of things that I think helped me were about paying attention and observing. So not just being the experiencer only within life, because that can create a lot of drama and <laughs> all sorts of um, internal wobbles, but instead also looking at it kind of from the outside a little bit so that I could observe my actions, observe my reactions, and observe what results certain actions, reactions created, and then modify because of that. So that's kind of how I would look at mentors. Of course, there were important people in my life that came in and kind of brought in a different viewpoint. But to me, it's more like what I have learned by observing other people. Um, everything I know is because I'm paying attention to human nature, pretty much. So now looking back, if you had to give your younger self two pieces of advice, what would they be? Only listen to people who are ahead of you in the path you want to be on. Not your peers necessarily, and definitely not the people kind of below you in their level of self-care or responsibility or self-love or self-worth, because that only keeps you stuck in a tribal perspective of like, oh, this is what we can do as something as, you know, people, as women, as this, as that, or this is what we cannot do. You know, listen to myself more, trust more, whatever it is that I know, because that has been the story of my life. Anytime I've listened to some advice because, well, you know, they know better. No, <laughs> I knew better, <laughs> but it took going on the path to figure out that, oh, I should have done it my way. And after a while, I just got really good at doing it my way. And I think that this is a great thing for everybody to understand is that you innately are the expert on you. And it's your job to become even better expert on you. That's called self-mastery. So if you become masterful in who you are about yourself, then everything in your life becomes masterful, including your career, including the amount of income you bring in, including um, the relationships you're having. So becoming masterful, though, that's, you know, a lot of kind of like loving yourself and seeing yourself from a perspective of worthy and seeing yourself from um, viewpoint of possibilities and not judging yourself, being kind to yourself. All these things um, kind of build self-trust, especially follow through on your own decisions. That's like really good self-trust builder. So if you can do that, then you become really strong on the inside. So that way, the world externally can't really offend you or hurt you or do anything to you because not because you're like protecting from it or armored and walking around in a suit of armor. That's not good. But because you are internally self-aware to the extent that you just don't take on somebody else's BS. It just does not apply anymore. Uh, so you also do a webinar and you have a system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the way that I teach my clients to apply what I do onto their businesses is to understand what is their unique something that they bring to the table. That unique something is not the skill that they went to school for or they got certification for. That's more like your skills, which is great to have. And yes, we should have them because this is how we become professional people. But also, what is this innate something that you kind of came into this life with? And it could be some sort of a mm, understanding of reality with a different twist, kind of like me, or it could be that you're a very loving person, or it could be that people tell you secrets because you naturally create the safety zone <laughs> sort of around you and people feel better around you. So we all have whatever that is that we usually discount because it's just so natural and we didn't study it. So we just kind of think it doesn't have a value when actually it is the very thing that is the reason for which people come to us. And then the skill is just an add-on to that 
that specific quality. I call it soul expertise. So I help people understand their design as in how they build, how they function, what their psychological internal factors are, and discard layers of programming and conditioning and whatever it is that they've been told they are so they can truly be who they meant to be. And that's based on understanding the expertise, understanding what is it that's innately there. And then on that, figuring out who are the correct human beings here on earth that this gift is for, because we we are not here for everybody. We're here to serve specific groups of people. These specific groups of people are waiting for us. So whatever it is that you want to do in your business or in your career, it's not for everyone. It's not just like, oh, I can be anywhere. It's a specific type of a person that needs to be in contact with you and learn from you, just like you need to be around specific types of people that teach you something. So in a business world, that's figuring out your niche, but sort of from a different perspective, from perspective of energetics. And then on that, we build an actual business. So if you're a coach or a mentor or something like that, that you're doing, that's your own business. We build, what is it that you're offering to the world? Um, I do high ticket sales. So I teach people how to sort of catapult into selling 5,000 and more offers instead of selling something much shorter, much smaller amount. And that creates a very different experience. Now you're expressing yourself. Now you're showing up in the world. You're doing presentations. You're doing events. You're uh, maybe writing something. Maybe you're on social media presenting whatever it is you're doing. And I teach clients how to do that in a way that is aligned with who they are. So pretty much my entire methodology is about decoding you and then bringing you in the correct way to serve your community. Um, that That's what I call the conscious future method. And um, the webinar that um, you were talking about, that's a sort of an explanation of this methodology. So if somebody is interested to understand how, um, how this could work, like if you are a coach or if you're wanting to be a coach, if you're figuring out like, oh, I was thinking to go into get a life coaching certification or something like that, that's a lower level of coaching, let's just say, but there is a higher level that's based on who you really are. And this is what I teach. So that's um, soulstrategywebinar.com. So this is a tough field to begin with. Being a woman can be easy. So have you ever faced typical perceptions that surround women and how did you overcome those? I have faced perceptions not so much because of being a woman, but because of being an immigrant, because I speak with an accent, because I'm not a normal human being, <laughs> because I see energy and non-physical beings, in addition to being very grounded and practical. Most of the difficulties I've experienced was more because I was sort of the odd one, the unicorn that's not um, necessarily fitting in. And what I have learned, and this is definitely something I can tell you, that if you are the type of a person who always finds yourself to be a little bit of an outsider or or a black sheep of a family or something like that, that's a clue that you're not meant to belong in the tribe. You're meant to lead the tribe. So we work so hard trying to fit in a lot of times when we don't. I know that some solutions could be, well, work harder to fit in, understand what they want from you and then give it to them. And then, you know, everybody plays nice. But in my understanding, that doesn't really get you anywhere and doesn't get society anywhere because then we all stay the same. But if you're different, you're different for a reason. You're made this way because you have something that the rest of the group of people around you maybe don't have. And being able to speak it, being able to deliver it in a way that 
lands with the other people and actually transform the world a little bit, one person at a time, perhaps, that's actually um, much more, I think, beneficial than trying to fit in. So yeah, it wasn't so much because of being a woman, although I'm sure in Soviet Union, which now Russia, it would have been, but I left. Um, in United States, I never ran into that. It's more about being unusual and then people judging me because um, they didn't understand what I bring. And people have a lot of mistrust to something they don't know. Understanding how to handle that, that was a challenge. You work with a lot of women in general. Are there certain things that women tend to do that hold us back? <laughs> Absolutely. I would say the main thing that women do is they discount themselves. They like don't think they're worthy enough or they need to study more to prove themselves more. They need to work harder than any man to prove who they are. And, and then maybe somehow they will measure up. It's almost ridiculous. I will have a client who is a man who comes in and says, okay, I want to sell this program for 50,000 and like, you know, help me to do that. And then a woman comes in and says, well, I think maybe I can charge 3,000 for it. And the program is like way better than what the man brought. So it's the internal understanding of your value if you can just get that, that expands your wealth container. That's another part of my terminology. Wealth container, it's your capacity to hold wealth. So energetically, we all have a specific capacity for it and we can keep expanding it. So that's the same thing can be applied to a career because if, let's say, your wealth capacity says, well, I'm worthy of, let's say, 70,000, well, then that would be the salary you get. But if you say, well, I'm worthy of 150, now you have a much wider range. So you can now say something to bring in more. And a lot of times people think that, well, it's just advocating for yourself. It's just saying things. But if you say things while internally you don't believe you're worthy of things that you're saying, <laughs> that does not work. So first step is always internal. Like, do you feel you deserve to receive whatever it is that you want? Do you feel like you can claim your dream as, yeah, this is something that's mine? Or is it more like, well, one day when I and then fill the blank after I finish this, graduate that, do this, and I don't know, millions of other things. So adjusting that internal self-worth component expands your capacity to hold wealth. And then, yes, then there's just skills about how do you ask for promotion or how do you make certain steps to, you know, get your business to the next level and so on. But Taking those steps without first internally adjusting the self-worth is definitely not going to produce the results you want. So self-worth is always step number one. And that means learning to love yourself. And this is amazing to me how loving women can be to others and how cruel we can be to ourselves. Internally, like if you listen to your inner self-talk, you know, oh, stupid. Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you should have done that. Like all these little things. That's You would never talk like this to your child. You would never talk to somebody you love. And yet we do this to ourselves. Learning to be in conscious control, conscious mastery of yourself. Part of that is loving yourself better. And a lot of that means also dealing with the past wounds. We all have some leftover stuff from our childhood, from, you know, somebody who hurt us in the past, maybe past relationships. And if we drag that along into the future, we sort of past referencing to create the future. And that's why a lot of times you see that somebody recreates women, especially the same event over and over. And then she's like, well, why is this keeps happening to me? And it's like, nothing is happening to you. You're the one who's creating it. So that's a big shift in understanding that things don't happen to us. Even if they look like, well, it's an injustice that somebody else did that. It's like, yeah, there are always people with limited belief systems that they want to hurt others to make themselves look better. Yeah, that always exists. But do you need to be next to that person 
or not. If you are next to somebody like that and you are on the receiving end of something negative, it's not about them. It's about asking yourself, why are you there? What are you getting from that mm, scenario? A lot of times it's something in the past, maybe, you know, in your family that you had to prove yourself. Maybe you were only loved conditionally, like if you did a good job in school or something like that. So then you learn that, oh, that means I have to do this. And if I don't, I deserve to be punished. So learning about yourself and cleaning up all these undercurrents that are sort of in the way of you fully owning your amazing, glorious self um, that's what's going to help you tremendously. And that's for women, that's, I think, is one of the major things. And the secondary would be boundaries, you know, because women tend to not have good boundaries because um, we don't really get taught what boundaries are when we grow up. We kind of have this expectation from the tribal social standpoint that, well, we're supposed to always be loving and kind and everything. And that's not necessarily what's expected of men, of course. So when we go into the world, if you're trying to do a career where you're going to be a CEO of a company or own a multi-million dollar business, and you're still trying to be this loving and everything to everybody, that's not going to work because that's no boundary. <laughs> so it like can kill you. So understanding where your lines are and understanding how to truly make a boundary, that's really, really important. And I think women just, we don't, we tend to do one of two extremes, either no boundary at all, or a complete crazy boundary that's almost like bitchy. Like, no, stay away from me. No, I'm this way. No, I said so. And it looks immature when a woman does, does that. That's not actually boundary. That's sort of like trying to do masculine boundary for a woman. And our natural boundaries are very different. They're based on wisdom and self-understanding, self-mastery. When you're able to be clear that, okay, I create my reality. Nothing happens to me. Whatever happens is because I somehow attracted it into my world by specific frequency I am putting out into the world. So the world is just responding to my subconscious beliefs. Now you're truly in control. Now nothing can hurt you. Nothing can offend you. And now you have clarity as to what to say yes to, what to say no to, but there is no emotional charge on it. It's not anymore this big agonizing decision about, oh my God, I'm going to push this person. How dare they? It's like, oh, this is just not something I choose. Or, oh, you're asking me this. Well, I'm not available for that. that that's not something I want as part of my life. You can be kind then. You can, be, you can afford to be generous and kind when you are self-masterful. Very well said. So you are a strategic advisor, giving advice to a lot of important people on important things for them. Who do you seek advice from? Non-physical world. Um, God, universe. Um, I meditate a couple of hours every day and I sit in silence and I allow myself to stay in that neutral place where ideas drop in, where things become very clear. And then when I enter back into the normal world, it's not, um, it doesn't feel like it's on me anymore. It feels like, okay, this got resolved already, or okay, now I know what to do. So some people call this connecting with their intuition. To me, it's a little bigger than intuition because I literally feel like I step into a different state of consciousness through meditation. Not everybody does it this way. Obviously, you can have advice from somebody else. Obviously, I have coaches too, just like I always tell my clients that you should have a coach because you can't see your own blind spots. So it's beneficial to have somebody else who can understand you and see you and kind of reflect to you something that you might not be seeing. And a lot of it is like, are you willing to receive what you maybe don't always want to hear? That's the part that I think stops a lot of people from receiving guidance, made it be from a human coach or non-human or God, because 
we tend to get this thing like, oh, if somebody's telling me something different than what I believe, that means I was wrong. And that's ego. That's just, you know, being a little bit bruised ego there. When in reality, it's like there are different parts to us. There's a higher part to you, which is conscious, which is aware, which is loving, which just wants to help human beings on this planet. And then there's a human part of you that's a little selfish and kind of watches out for you. And both are needed because that's how you function in this world. But if you listen too much to one or the other, then life does not work very well. So when we listen too much to the ego side, we end up blocking what could be coming as support to us blocking when somebody gives us advice because we don't hear it or blocking receiving something magical because it doesn't look the way we wanted it to look <laughs> or something like that. Like it could be somebody says like, oh, hey, I have this opportunity that I think you'd be good for if you go there. May that be an event or introduction to somebody. And we say like, oh, no, I didn't want this. I don't want this company at all. Or I don't want something like that. But in doing so, you didn't listen. Maybe there was something there that you meant to meet this person and then that would lead you to something you wanted. Life is more complex than a direct route. You know, we have a lot of kind of a complexity and mm, it's like a puzzle and puzzle right. pieces have to come together. So to receive all your puzzle pieces, you have to stay open and staying open. That's part of being able to be masterful with yourself and just really allow yourself to be, to be present to who you are and to what is without your own opinion all the time. Then you can receive and be guided. May that be by a coach or, you know, a teacher or God. Yep, absolutely. Open mind is the key. Have to be mm -hmm. open to ideas, to new ways of doing things. Well, last question before I ask you for comments. What brings you joy? My cat, playing with my cat. I love cats in general and I love my kitty. Um, but, you know, if we're speaking in a more serious sense, what brings me joy is when I see a light bulb going off in somebody's head from something I said. This is like a totally ecstatic moment for me because I would be saying something that sometimes to me, it's, it's just common sense. Like, it's just like, yeah, of course it's that. But the person goes like, oh my God, that thing you said, wow, that just like changed everything. And I love seeing those things in my clients and just in the audience in general. Well, thank you so much, Eugenia. This was such a great conversation. Any closing comments for our listeners? If you can envision something for yourself, that means it's meant for you. It's meant in this life and it's meant now. It's specifically meant for you now. That means it's possible. So envisioning something, a lot of times women discard like, oh, well, maybe I can be CEO of this company or, well, maybe I can have my you know, business making seven figures. And then it's like, well, it's so far away. Like there's so many steps between here and now. And I'm here to tell you that if you can envision it, that means it can happen. It's a possibility within your lifetime. There are plenty of people who never envision anything big like that. But if you see a career that's like brilliant, if you see your business brilliant, that means it's actually an option for you or you wouldn't be able to see it because God doesn't give you something. It's an efficient world. If, if you have the vision, that means there's an option for it to be in your life. So then the rest of it is nurture the vision and look for what is it that's needed for me to start seriously making steps towards it because you need to take your vision seriously and not discard ever whatever dream you have. Thank you, Eugenia. Any closing comments for our listeners? Love yourself, no matter what. That's a great one. And I think we all need it. From time to time, we have to remind ourselves. As you said, we are our hardest critics and sometimes we have to go easy on ourselves too. 
thank you so much for your time and really appreciate all your great advice and uh, your brilliant insights absolutely brilliant so thanks thank for you. being on our podcast